Good afternoon and welcome to this event organized by the EPP Group in the European Parliament. The war in Ukraine is a threat to food security. We're going to be reflecting on the impact of the war in the food supply chain here in Europe but all across the world. And for that, I am happy to have with me the member of the European Parliament, Sinfred Mudezan, who is the vice chair of the EPP Group. And he's also uh, the main representative of the group uh, for any work related to budget. So we're going to be addressing as well the financial part of this discussion. Um, we have seen today the presentation of the European Commission. We have seen the Commissioner saying that Putin is using the war and the, and the food supply disruption as a way to starve people in Ukraine, but that's also having an impact in the rest of Europe and also the world. Do you think that the war in Ukraine can have a serious impact on the food security and how do you think that impact can develop? Yes, there are many things to say here. Firstly, both Russia and Ukraine are major exporters of agricultural products. We used to export a lot, to import a lot specifically from Ukraine, agricultural products, wheat, uh, sunflower, soybeans. And if we are witnessing what is now happening in Ukraine, farmers in Ukraine fighting for their country, not really, you know, having the time and the means to take care of their fields, we know that Ukraine will export less, if anything, this year. So that means that we will have less imports from Ukraine into the European Union. One thing that we need to take care of is that we will have enough agricultural products, enough food for the people within the European Union. And here the major preoccupation, particularly for my political group in the European Parliament, the EPP group, is that we are producing as much as possible in the European Union. The European Commission shall use all of the policy tools that it has to incentivize the increases of production and for example every year you are supposed to set aside a bit of your land not to cultivate it to regenerate it but this year we need to produce as much as we can everywhere within the eu to have enough products and to make sure that there is no shortage of products because if there is a shortage there will be price hikes price increases that is the first thing to do the second thing to do is take care of the people coming from ukraine in the host communities within our member states so that they have enough food, but also in Ukraine. Because as you are saying, the Russian Federation will try to, you know, cut also supplies of food to Ukraine. We need to make sure that we care for them. And the third important thing is to make sure that countries in the neighborhood of the European Union also have enough food because, for example, Lebanon is importing 60% of the wheat that it, is that it is consuming from Ukraine. And Ukraine will not be in a position to export to Lebanon and to any other country this, this year. So we need to make sure that the countries in our neighborhood, in the eastern neighborhood of the European Union, for example, the Republic of Moldova, in the Middle East, but also in Northern Africa, have enough agricultural products because if people will not have enough food in Northern Africa or in Middle East, we know what they will be doing. They will be coming to Europe in search of uh, refugees, in search of help, and we will have in addition to the wave of refugees from Ukraine, another wave of refugees from Africa, and we have to avoid that. In the proposal that we have seen from the Commission today, there is also a proposal for a, um emergency aid for those farmers in Europe that are already affected by this crisis. It's 500 million euros. Do you think this is enough and that the measures that the Commission is putting forward today are sufficient to 
address the issues that the farmers are, are um, confronting with in Europe? The Commission uh, made an important step today by providing immediately 500 million euros of support to farmers. Farmers, they were facing challenges because of the increased energy prices. Uh, this is exactly the time of the year when farmers consume a lot of fuel, a lot of energy because they are outside and working their fields. So the support from the Commission is good, it is significant, it will help farmers. Um, if more needs to be done, then we will be calling upon the Commission to, uh, to do more. We also have in the budget of the European Union specific flexibility instruments and margins to act in a situation of crisis and the European Commission shall use them um, when they are needed. And today the European Commission made an important step, 500 million is a significant amount, it will help farmers. If more is needed, we the Parliament will push the Commission to do more. You've mentioned as well the impact that this can have in the rest of the world. Um, there was today an interview uh, with the World uh, uh, Food Programme uh, Executive Director who was saying that indeed if there is no more help coming from different countries all across the world, we're going to face a severe famine in many countries uh, in Easter, um, 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 and in the Middle East, but also in Africa. And I was wondering, because the Commission uh, proposed today, basically they were just saying we have put already 2.5 billion euros into helping those programs. There is no new money coming. Do you think that the EU need to step up the effort to support those countries that are going to be the most affected by this crisis and how that can be done within the existing budget? Yes, we have 2.5 billion euros, as you rightly said, for humanitarian aid specifically linked to food, to agriculture products in, um, in Africa. That is the first thing. Secondly, we would have wanted to do more as a European Parliament, but it was the member states of the European Union who opposed this in the past. They said the priorities of the Union should be something else. We always said, if we're looking at climate change, if we're looking at the increase in population in Africa, we have to do more. Because the truth is the following. Um, people need to have enough and good quality healthcare, education, infrastructure, food, in, uh, in Africa, in their cities, in their villages, uh, otherwise they will be moving towards Europe. We see that uh, Africa is a continent with increasing population. The population of Africa doubles every 20 to 30 years. It was the same in the last 40, 60 years. It doubled twice and the projection is the same for the next 20, 30 years. The population will continue to increase. So. Africa is our neighbor. We can only live in safety and stability within the borders of the European Union if we care about the safety and stability of Africa. This is why I believe for humanitarian aid and specifically also for development for Africa we should do more. If the European Commission will propose more support, we the Parliament will, uh, will back it. There is the 2.5 billion euros now. Um, I expect the Commission in the next years to use the flexibility instruments that still exist and to also do the following. We have a seven-year multi-annual budget for the European Union for the period 2021-2027 in which we set the maximum amounts available for each area. How much for research, how much for humanitarian aid and so on. Following developments in Ukraine, I believe that a revision, a review of this budget is needed and we should start working on it now. We need to measure the impact of the war in Ukraine. 
what it means for the economy, for the financial sector, for farmers, for small medium-sized enterprises, and then we shall reassess where money is needed. And we might easily come to the conclusion that more is needed to humanitarian aid, and that will be the place through this revision to allocate more money to humanitarian aid, to Africa, to our neighborhood, but also to farmers within the EU between now and 2027. So we have the instruments, we should use them. We um, can do more if the situation worsens. Do you see any appetite to still have this debate? Because what we see is that when it comes to talking about money, member states are still a little bit reluctant and moving forward into a change of the budget or into more joint debt. Um, do you think that we can use the existing tools that we have or we have to talk about a possibility of creating a new fund to um, address the consequences of war for farmers, but also in terms of energy? We have been discussing that today as well. What is the, the, the way forward? The truth is that in the last month, the European Union did a lot. We managed to agree on three important waves of sanctions against the Russian Federation and, of, uh, and also of uh, very ambitious sanctions against uh, Belarus and the dictator leading there in, in Belarus. At the beginning of this decision-making process, there was no unity necessarily. There was still a need for discussion, debate, but in the end, all of the member states, they agreed because the military aggression of Russia into Ukraine is harming innocent people, civilians, it is brutal, it is unjustified. So everyone in Europe now understands that defending Ukraine means defending Europe. There is the will for maximum support for Ukraine, there is the will for maximum cost for the Russian Federation, and there is the will that we stay united in uh, reducing the negative impact of that war against us as much as possible. You were asking me about, um, about the funds. So we did a lot in terms of sanctions. And I can tell you the following. At the beginning of the COVID crisis, we decided to create the biggest package of economic support ever created at European level, the Recovery and Resilience Facility, uh, which together with other smaller funds, amounts to 750 billion euros, the big package called Next Generation EU, biggest package of economic support ever created by the European Union. We started work on it two years ago. We agreed politically, we adopted the legislation, the governments prepared their programs and money starts flowing now. But it took almost two years for money to really start flowing. So if we create a new fund now, it will not help people on the ground immediately. So what we should do is use existing tools. And this is why what my group proposes, the uh, EPP group, the group of the European People's Party, is use the unspent amounts of money from the EU budget of 2014-2020, money which is available until the end of 2023, use all of those uh, unspent amounts to help refugees in the host communities build infrastructure in Poland, Romania, or where, wherever needed, in large schools, because Ukrainian kids will have to go to, uh, to schools in their, in their host communities, supply hospitals, supply products of immediate need. So use the money immediately. Secondly, use the unspent amounts from the Asylum Migration Fund to help Ukraine and countries outside the European Union that the money can be allocated um, to. This is the first thing to do. The second thing is, under the Recovery and Resilience Facility, each member state can access some grants and can access some loans. Some countries have accessed all of their loans, some countries only a part or not at all. The grants everyone access because that is money that you do not have to give back. But what I'm trying to say is, we do have in this 
spot still money available for the governments to access its loans, its credits, but under very good conditions that uh, governments can access to reduce their energy dependency on Russia, to improve their situation, um, their situation on the ground. This is what we should do, use the existing uh, instruments, including the financial instruments, including the budget. Um, I'm going to uh, welcome now to our uh, second guest. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, he's a member of the European Parliament, Herbert Dorfman, and he is the EPP spokesperson uh, for the agriculture sector. Um, I wanted to jump in straight away and ask you, because I was going to ask that question to Mr. Morrison, but I think it's very relevant in the area of uh, agriculture. What we have seen during the war is that uh, there is some dependencies that we have uh, in some sectors. One has been energy. Now we are seeing that is the same with agriculture. And I was wondering, do you feel that food should be part of the efforts towards a more strategic autonomy um, uh, in the EU? Well, for sure. And um, I think if you look at the history of this union, uh, the fathers of this union, they understood this in 57 when they introduced the common agricultural policy as one of the main pillars of, of the European Union, uh, because they understood after what happened in the Second World War how important food is. We forgot it a bit in the last decades, because we, anyway, supermarkets are full, everything is available. But now with this situation in Ukraine, they see that things are not so, uh, let's say, uh, forgiven. Do you think uh, this situation makes a case for a reform of the common agricultural policy that was just closed a few months ago, but that now becomes altogether relevant again? No, I think we will not reopen the debate on the common agricultural policy because I think the common agricultural policy supports farmers, supports farmers who, who produce. But uh, food security is back on the table, and I think this is important because we spoke very often only about sustainability. And I think sustainability is extremely important. But sustainability and productivity must go hand in hand. We need a sustainable intensification of agriculture. It doesn't make any sense uh, to be, try to be more sustainable, producing less, outsourcing CO2 emissions, because this is the end, is, is the result of this, and uh, losing food autonomy in, in Europe. Do you think that this is something that should be part of the discussion? Because we see that some member states are indeed pushing into just suspending maybe the green of the common agricultural policy to make sure that we are uh, in, in a position to confront these food crises in the short term and then in the longer term we can talk about sustainability. No, I think we are committed to the Green Deal, we are committed to the to have a more sustainable agriculture, but we, on my, our political group always said that we need at the same time support farmers who produce food for, for, for our citizens. The European Commission has presented today a proposal to support farmers that are the most affected by this crisis. Uh, there is 500 million euros on the table, there is a lot of flexibilization of these uh, national plans. How do you see uh, this proposal? What do you think it, come, it brings to the table? And what do you think should be the way forward? Well, I think this is a first step uh, and in our resolution, which we uh, hopefully uh, will adopt tomorrow. Uh, we say quite similar things, but at the same time, for me, it's clear this 500 million are only a first step. I remember when we had the shortage of chips in Europe, we spent 43 billion 
and so I can I cannot see that there is a, a, let's say a balance between 43 billion on one side and 500 million, which is one percent of 43 billion. So I can I don't think that a, a chip which is missing is 100 times more important than food than an empty plate. That's a message from the European Commission that would still have to work on making sure that farmers all across Europe are sufficiently supported to face this crisis. Thank you so much, Mr. Morzan. Thank you so much, Mr. Hoffman, for this conversation. Thank you so much for watching and see you soon.